here with No Laugh Track Podcast, episode 274. Our, uh, my name is Justin Severson, the host. Thank you, Circle of Heat, for letting us play your music there at the beginning. My guest is somebody who I've seen on television many times. I've never seen in person because he's never stepped into Acme. Not that I haven't been to other clubs, but I've never seen him here, and it's Sam Morell. How you doing, man? Thanks for having me, man. You finally made it to Minneapolis. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's good to be here. I feel like I came at the right time because it's uh, they said it's going to get cold next week. We've already had cold. This is just like a little timeout from the cold. I much. feel like I just fucked up by steering us into weather talk That's fine. too. That's but, like why would I do that? You know what? There's so much to talk about. And I just went to weather. Uh, so I brought. I bring a lot of notes. All right. Cool. I just wrote weather. I love people that prepare. I, I wrote weather like uh, 45 times here. So. Really? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but you're right. I've already showed up uh, within the last month wearing long underwear under my pants really yeah so you're, you're at a good at absolutely good time and i saw on uh instagram and actually you already told me that uh you had a buddy on the flight yeah uh josh gondelman was uh i saw him post on facebook that he was gonna be in minneapolis so i was like yeah let's get lunch and then he's at my terminal for my flight so i was like oh sweet he's sitting right behind me and then i was like what hotel are you staying at he's like, i'm staying at the same hotel as you and then he's in the room right next to me. <laughs> so it just didn't end. I was like, this is like, there was like a Mr. Show sketch like that years ago. Do you ever see that one where, uh, I don't know. It's I'm Bob sure. Odenkirk and I forgot the other actor's name. He's the guy who I think was the voice of SpongeBob. He's Tom a, Kenny. Yeah, really funny guy. And, uh, they just keep saying goodbye to each other and they end up just keep running into each other. And it just never ends. And it's like, you know, it's like funny, then it becomes not that funny, then it becomes even funnier. It's like one of those <laughs> things, you know? It's great. It's a great sketch. That show is, was so fucking good. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, uh, it's Rapist! Rapist backing up! <laughs> <laughs> it, you know what it was? It was like never not interesting. Like, there'd be some that didn't do it for me, but they, even when they... It was like a, a swinging strikeout, always. Oh, yeah. It was always like either a 400 and... 50 foot home run or like a strikeout swinging you know it's always always worthwhile remember the uh goodfellas thing they did pallies yeah yeah we a couple of pallies <laughs> mother father chinese dentist <laughs> and then mad tv kind of like ripped it off i think oh did they i think they did a really i mean not that that's like only theirs you right, know right, right. i'm sure other people could have come up with uh an italian spoof of the biggest mob movie ever <laughs> yeah yeah like a couple of people out there can relate to that. That's for sure. How was? Uh, we're just getting over Thanksgiving. Did you have a good one? Yeah, I had a really good one. Um, Back home? Yeah, I, had, I was with family. I saw some friends afterwards. Uh, I uh, I did shows that weekend, so that was that was pretty good. I don't think I did anything. Uh, let's see. Well, yeah, I saw family. Then I I went to. Actually, this is gonna sound like I'm name dropping, but I went to Amy Do Schumer. It. Like, Amy, no, I, I, I encourage name dropping. Amy please. Schumer at a party, and and I, I went to it at the end, and um, that was fun. She's a, she's an awesome host, so it was pretty sweet. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I left with double leftovers. I left with like family leftovers with her leftovers, and uh, I got pretty fucked up on good wine, so that was nice. I had to travel about an hour and forty five minutes for uh, our Thanksgiving meal. I had, was told told to bring a fruit pie, so I brought an apple pie, and it didn't go over very well. So my aunt said, "You can go ahead and take this home with you." And then three days apple later, pie didn't go over well. Well, there were so many other ones; it just was like the fourth most popular. Well, what, what, what were more popular? Pecan and pumpkin. I think pecan. Cherry as well. I think pecan's the number one, man. I, I think it's hard to top pecan, especially if you get the pecan with chocolate in it too. Ooh. That's my favorite. I don't know if I've had that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, it doesn't, I'm not even a huge pie guy, but like pecan, it's the best. I realized, uh, so that was Thursday. Then I realized Saturday, it was, it was 60 degrees here on last Friday. Yeah. Really nice. Saturday, I remember that the pie was still in the trunk of my car. Oh, so you just left the pie. So, I mean, garbage. Thing, it's garbage now. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the non like adult like that could have been a baby you know but <laughs> thank God wait a minute I have two daughters oh I got, do you yeah oh. I got them out of the car all right good <laughs> or maybe I guess they're you don't old hear enough. the pie story you don't hear that Thanksgiving tale no uh actually they're old enough they're eleven and nine they got themselves out of the car so I guess if the nice. if I could have raised that pie to eleven years it would have walked themselves it would have been moldy walked itself out yeah yeah for sure so that was my uh, Thanksgiving fail but. You know, 
lesson learned, right? Yeah. <laughs> lesson learned. I uh, have, do you have any? Have you been to Minneapolis before for anything? I did a club years and years ago called the Joke Joint. Oh yeah, and uh, it was not a great weekend. It was there was a lot of stuff that was not amazing about it. <laughs> I still remember. Okay, I remember one show, and like I don't want to throw anyone under the bus here, but the owner wasn't a particularly nice guy, so I don't mind. Uh, I remember I had one show that went like way long because it was just getting heckled nonstop, and uh. And they didn't do anything about it. And then he yelled at me afterwards. He was like, he was like, you just should go like keep talking to those people. And I was like, yeah, why? Was <laughs> no one threw him out? He was like, he's like, you just kept talking to him. And I was like, I was like, responding. Yeah, I was responding to what they said. And I've never been like scolded for dealing. Like it's one. Like I got off angry, and then he, and then he like pulled some Jedi shit and turned it on me. And I was like, ah. Whoa. But uh, yeah, it wasn't. And then also it was like one of those gigs where like he's like, you'll be in the condo, and that was like a point of my career. I was like, okay. And then, um, you know, uh, I realized a condo was attached to his apartment. I was like, well, this is kind of strange. Yeah, it was like attached. I was like in like the upstairs. So you his roommate. Yeah, I, I didn't see him. Okay. It was a separate entrance, which was cool. But uh, I was like, man, this is a strange uh, career sometimes. <laughs> Just staying with this dude who I don't think likes me because of yeah. what happened last <laughs> night. No, you avoid the condos now? If I can, yeah, I haven't. Do they I, exist much anymore? Some places do. Most. The good news is, if you know, at a certain point, if you're if they're asking you to stay in the club, it's usually and and you're playing nicer clubs. It's usually in uh, a nice apartment. So it's the ones I have issues with. I'm like these. This has never been cleaned. I know a, a comic was fucking in this bed a week ago. Uh, yeah. maybe it was just jacking off, but like someone's got to clean the sheets. I don't, it's, I mean, that's like, think about how not a tall order that is. Like, I'm not even a germaphobe, but I just <laughs> right, don't, right. you know, I don't even, I don't want to think about that. I think it was, it's the first thing that, uh, you know, um, that should be getting cleaned <laughs> a bed. Yeah, <laughs> I know the one thing, you know, that we got used. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just something that like people make a thing out of you know and and it's it's worthy of being a thing yeah yeah for sure for, for sure for sure uh where the, there's so much stuff i want to talk to you about i'm gonna look over to my notes here you're a new york guy yeah let's talk some sports okay what do you want to talk about Knicks? that's my Knicks are my specialty Knicks I, are your specialty yeah i mean look the obviously you walk over here with your Knicks hat on yeah i have a Knicks beanie on uh i I love the Knicks this year. Um, Enos Cantor, man, I I love that guy. Like he has got me I excited. I love his name. I know. Is that a great name. You know, it's funny. I did a joke about him. I, I host a sports show on the oh, Knicks yeah. network. Oh, I and know about I, it. I I, uh, I did a joke about him like six days before he was a Nick, and the joke. I mean, didn't even make it, but it, it was like a dumb joke where he uh, insulted someone. Forgot who he. he you know, he's a troll, and I kind of now once he's on your team, you love him for it. Right, right. But he said something and. Uh, I was like, I can imagine, I can only imagine what he'll respond back to a guy whose name rhymes with penis. <laughs> that was my joke, and <laughs> it didn't make it, obviously. And uh, and then we got him seven days later, and I was like, for Carmelo Anthony, we got Doug McDermott and Enos Cantor. Like, I was like, I mean, this is a little ridiculous. And yeah. I text the guy who uh, basically runs like a lot of PR at the Garden about it, and he was like, it's a great trade. And I was like, come on. And, I, and look, I personally didn't want mellow on the Knicks, but I I was like, I feel like we could have gotten like a pick or something. And he said, Enos Cantor's a tough guy. He's what we need. And I was like, all right. I don't think he plays a lot of defense. And now I'm watching him and I'm like, I was so wrong. I love him. He's like a monster. He's a fight. Like he starts fights. I, I love players like that. When yeah. I hate him when they're on the other team or on your team. Like they fire everyone up. He got the French rookie Frank Nilakina fired up. He got he got so Nilakina pushes LeBron. He's like a, the second youngest player in the league. He pushes LeBron because he's he was in the way of the inbounds and LeBron had already kind of trolled him a little bit. Like. I don't think it was on purpose, but he said that the Knicks should have drafted Dennis Smith Jr. because they just played the Mavs. And I think it was more of a shot at Phil than Frank. But how are you not going to take that personally yeah, yeah. if you're who the Knicks drafted? So I think he, he heard that and he wasn't happy. And then LeBron like stood in his way when he was trying to inbounds it. And Dennis, who looks like a little boy, like he looks like a child, he just pushes LeBron and 
you know, it gets broken up. Enos Cantor immediately gets in LeBron's face. Nice. And I was like, I love, we haven't had that. I felt like if we had Mello there, he's boys with LeBron. So he would have just been like. He's boys with everybody. But but that's what it would have, it would have been like the guy who's like, he'd be like, hey, that's my buddy. Let's break this up. And that's not how you create a culture of, of that New York wants. Sure. Well, we want to feel like we're represented. Uh, well, I mean, you can say that for a lot of, in my opinion, just a lot of athletes these days. There's too many, too many buddies. Yeah, everybody's friends. All these these guys, all they met when they were 11 years old, playing on these all star teams. Right. You know, their their friendships go back from their childhood, and they're just like, "What's up? What's up? What's up?" Like, there's no. Well, it makes sense that they're friends, and it's cool to be friendly. I think, but you know, between the lines, we want to see you know competitiveness and sometimes mellow and i get he's like that's the thing he's a mellow guy he would be smiling but like i don't want to see you smiling when you're down by 20 points like no I, I, like be pissed like the fans are or at least fake it because it, <laughs> it makes us feel like you don't care even if that's your sarcastic mm -hmm. smile or whatever i know barkley would do that but like you want to feel that that you're represented and and those 90s knicks really i think they played like they wanted us to love them oh yeah and 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 we did love them and and we felt like the way they played they loved us back it was almost like a relationship you mm -hmm. know so i've had starks and lj and spree and a lot of those guys on my show and they and they trash that a lot they don't like that these guys are friends oh good and now that they're retired some of them are friends but like i'd bill lambeer on my show from the you know bad boy pistons and he was like i was like what about if you saw larry bird now are you cool and he's like no way and I was like, I mean, it's a different era. It's awesome. He's like, I would be cool with him. He's like, Mikhail and I are cool. He's like, but Bird won't give me, he won't give me the time of day. So, and I'm like, I know it's petty and ridiculous, but as a fan, you kind of love it. Hell yeah. You know, Absolutely. it's almost like when, you know, when in pro wrestling, when Hacksaw Jim Duggan and the Iron Sheik got arrested doing coke together and you're like, they're supposed to hate each other. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't want, I don't want to think that uh, these <laughs> players are That's cool. Right. You, you want a bit of a show. Just, you, know? you got to justify it, but well, you know, it was the coke that brought them together. They're probably still not friends, but you know, <laughs> right? The coke. You're telling the kids, you're like, look, you don't understand. It's a, it's a wonderful drug. You know, and, one uh, guy had it, the other guy wanted it. It's meant to be. <laughs> but you know, it's you want some sort of uh, some sort of battle, and and it's getting it's getting a little too friendly. And I like when there's, especially in the playoffs, like, don't you want to watch two teams that don't like each other? Like, they can be cool when the game's over, but on the court, that makes for the best game. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm a big hockey fan, and the the games where they do back-to-back -back against the same teams. And if there's a little, you know, something that happens game one, then game two the next night, they're probably yeah. going to they're gonna settle it. You know, you know there's the bad blood. Somebody's probably going to take a punch. I love that. I love that anticipation and then seeing what happens. Yeah, hockey's such a weird combination of, of, you know, this it's like got some finesse, it's got some brute force in it too. It's it's a weird combo, but uh the idea that these like goons on the team just have to fight is so insane. It's like barbaric to me. Oh, you know, completely. like in basketball they're like getting each other's face and but in hockey they actually fight. Oh yeah. I was over at my parents' house with my wife and kids uh and sister Saturday last Saturday night. And we had some dinner, and then we put the wild game on, and there was a big fight. And yeah. I'm jumping out of my seat like, yeah, yeah, hit him, hit him. <laughs> Everyone else in the room was absolutely disgusted. Yeah. Like, Why is this happening? Like, you got, it's still part of the. It's still a small part of the game. All right. Yeah, there, <laughs> it's, it, there is a part that some people don't understand that, like, you're not cheering someone getting the shit kicked out of them. You're cheering that that the sport is still alive in a way. Oh yeah. Like you don't want someone to actually get hurt, but that's what happens when someone gets punched in the face. No, we had, uh, you know, the wild had Derek Bugard who ended up playing for the Rangers for right. a few years. Right. I remember him. And I was working, uh, I work at the games, cold beer here up and down the stairs. Oh, nice. Nice. And like, I'll be there tonight. The wild play, the, uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights for the first time. Oh man. Yeah. So they have, uh, they have like these awful uniforms. I saw, I thought they do. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm not I I don't know a ton about hockey. I definitely have a, like a whole new respect for it. Uh, I've been like watching a little bit more, but uh, basketball is really my bread and butter. And I'm I'm a little bummed I missed the T Wolves too because I, I love a lot of their players. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say some uh, Bugard. I watched when he was playing for the Wild. Like he, I was working. I was probably only you know ten feet from the ice, and he got in a fight and smashed this guy's face in so horrifically. He had to get re like 
cheekbone broken. He had immediately rushed to the hospital and was uh, had to get reconstructive surgery on his face. That's how bad it was smashed in. <laughs> I didn't like seeing that. That was a little too much. Yeah, it's Way like one of those much. things where you think fighting is cool until you see a real fight. It's almost like that. <laughs> you're almost like that kid in that movie Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood, you know, where he's just like, "Yeah, I'm like you," and then he and then he uh, he shoots the guy, and he's like, "Holy shit, I'm not like you," you know. <laughs> That's what you feel like a little bit. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't like. I like the idea of it, but then once it gets like, I mean, obviously, like you don't want someone to go through that. <laughs> no, no, and I, you know, and then they've kind of got that. Um... The code, the fighter's code, where they, like, you know, hug and apologize to each other. Hey, good fight, good fight, good fight. Yeah, it's weird. You know, I've had, uh, like, a lot of those guys on the show. Like, I had, like, Ken Danik on a couple of times. I've had, like, Colton Orr on. Oh, yeah. And they... Uh, he was a bruiser, man. I mean, yeah, but they kind of are all friends now, which is so weird to me. They're like... Because they, they... It's like you're talking about. It's... it's There's a mutual respect. They... I think don't like that they have to fight certain guys like, ah, oh, crap. Like, can you imagine being like, I got to fight this dude tonight? Damn it. Like, that's got to no. be a, that's a bad morning <laughs> that you have to anticipate that whole day. Oh, yeah. And then you're just like, when's it going to happen? It's almost like the anticipation is almost as bad as the fight. Probably. Like, when's it going to happen? Yeah. I, I respect them a lot. It's not a part of the sport. It's a part of the sport. I respect them for being so tough, but it's not something that I, I would look forward to. No, no. Uh, do you go to Knicks games? In I New went York? a bunch last year. I haven't gotten this year yet, but uh how hard is it to get tickets? It's pretty crazy when they're good. I mean, I think they thought they were anticipating this year being a tank, and they're actually playing well. Because the thing that people don't realize about basketball is like what's so great about basketball: if your team puts in a lot of effort and plays D, you can be competitive. Oh yeah, and this team plays D. That's and the Wolves' problem. Right. Well, Towns is not a good enough defender yet. He's got to step it up. And Butler's doing a lot playmaking, so he's taking a step back, too. But Wiggins is a great defender, and he could get better. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll figure it out. They, they have enough talent that they'll figure it out, I think, eventually. And Tibbs is such a good defensive coach, but, um, you know, former Knicks assistant coach. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with uh, Van Gundy when that they were voice, in the Riles. man. They changed, uh, they did a bunch of uh, remodeling at Target Center in the yeah. summer. So now there's the seats are all new and they've added, they've moved like where the media sits and where the play-by-play guys sit and there's more seats courtside now. So now when the games are on television, you can hear you can hear everything just about the Tibbs is saying. And that voice, man, holy shit. I don't know yeah, if I can intense. take that. Imagine it. And then he was an assistant coach of Doc Rivers, like the two raspiest yeah, voices yeah. on the planet. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like Marlon Brando and Marlon Brando. <laughs> um, it's definitely a great time for the NBA, though. I mean, and when, you, when you're competitive, it's fun to watch. I mean, everyone team's trying to emulate the Warriors now. Yeah. But you don't have to do that. You could just be... A bruise, like the Knicks are kind of just playing like they have fast guards in terms of like you know Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway are both pretty quick. They both can shoot pretty pretty well, and then they have Jared Jack who just doesn't make bad decisions. Oh, so they're yeah. just playing kind of conservative ball. But then Porzingis is, un- I mean, sucks he's out till Sunday, but I mean he is just like I can't believe how good he is. Yeah, and then and then Cantor is what they needed. Like he's a leader. They didn't really have a guy coming in who would just like when a guy. It's like what you said with the fighting. It's like it's not about just the punching the guy. It's a, a guy that you know will do anything for the team. And and those glue guys are what put teams over the top in, in any sport. You know, it's like the Wolves and, got the guy Taj Gibson. Taj Gibson's a tough dude, he's the and he's glue been guy. tough. He's kind of suffered from a lack of uh, you know identity on a lot of teams because his he hasn't had like a clear cut role. Like the Bulls didn't, he wasn't quite good enough to start on those Noah uh, Boozer teams. Yeah. But then he was a little bit too good to be coming off the bench. It was like a weird in between. And he has stretches where he's so good. But you're right. I mean, having that enforcer, even in baseball, when you have like a catcher who's just like a badass, you know? Yeah, the Twins had one. He was a fucking prick, AJ Brzezinski. <laughs> but he's a damn good player. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and, and, Guys like that, the teams, I mean, you have a guy in your ear when you're batting. I mean, that's like, we're talking about trolling. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's, it's having a troll. It's There's fun. The reason why that Cubs, uh, what was his name? Michael Barrett, punt fucking cold cocked Brzezinski that one time. 
Yeah. The game. Right, right. And uh, what's his name? McCann? I mean, the guy the Yankees used to have. He's oh, kinda, Brian McCann, yeah. He's on the Astros now, yep. right? I mean, mm-hmm. he was pretty big for them this year, yeah. you know? And, and then you have, like, uh, there's always been players like that. I mean, I think in any sport you need that. I mean, obviously in football, it's a lot of positions. But do you have, like, a safety or someone who's just dropping big hits? Oh, yeah. Who's in your head? I mean... Those the the in, sports is so much about intimidation because all these guys are so damn good that if you could just throw them off a little with that, right, right. That's why I love guys that will just talk shit. It's fun. It is fun. I mean, that's why do people love McGregor so much, right? It's like he's a shit talker. Yeah, so. he's super entertaining. Did, um, I had your uh, your buddy Anthony Devito here on the sure. podcast. A couple I love Anthony. Ago. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about your show. Let's talk a little bit little more about it. it's i've seen some of them in my vast research right. <laughs> uh it's you know right now i feel that the show is pretty hit or miss due to how they edit the show they're oh. they're very uh conservative with how often are you doing them? get on we were doing four a week and now because it was in the summer and they had nothing to air but now they have rangers and knicks and all these games to air we uh we do one a week they re-air it here and there. We've had some cool guests on this season. You know, we had Latrell Sprewell, which was fun. Holyfield was one of my favorite guests ever. I watched it. He was so cool, I thought. Um, they they didn't – they cut my favorite part of the gag. If you saw that, there was a gag where Stavros, uh, who's on my show, is a chubby Greek kid. Yeah. Uh, very funny dude. I had him – the idea was to have him challenge Holyfield to a fight. You know, because he's a tiny Greek kid, yeah. and Holyfield. I was like, just say I'd rather I don't fight anymore. Like and, that was on and, there. Yeah, but the the punchline to me was at the end. Stavros, after he takes his shirt off and challenges him to a fight, uh, after Holyfield says, "I don't want to, uh, I don't want to fight anymore," Stavros just like slowly, sadly puts the shirt back on. He was like, "Well, I guess this is." how it's gonna be you know like and he was like ramble on and it, and it killed in the room and they just cut it and i'm like why would you cut that so stuff like that drives me nuts so i had to like stop watching because i care a lot about how oh, the wow. show ends but uh holyfield was so damn good and john wallace was on that app and i love john wallace he's like a 90s nick and he's yeah such a good dude he's just like it's such a he's a you know what's great is like a lot of athletes are like cool but they're very like to the script He's not predictable with his answers. He's witty. He's a, he's like maybe my favorite guest. I love John Wallace. Very cool. He can talk anything. He'll talk TV. He'll talk sports. He'll talk whatever. So, Do you, uh, being a sports fan, which I am, obviously, uh, and that's led me to have, I've collected a lot of stuff from like autographs, pictures, baseball cards, or just sports cards in general. Are you a collector at all? No, I wouldn't say I'm a collector. I, I mean, if I'm a kid, I have a lot of like, rookies and stuff but i mean that's from when i was a kid i just kind of have those but uh i don't uh i don't collect i have i guess i have a lot of nick's gear but that's not, i'm really considered that collecting because that's i just wear those to shows and stuff it's just like outfits but uh yeah. if there's like something i i love websites that have like witty basketball stuff on them that are almost like inside jokes and if someone gets them they get them and i love that it's okay. like a, like i have a rasheed wallace shirt that says ball don't lie and i love that reference which is if you don't know it it's when he basically got called for a technical that he didn't think he should have got called for and then you know the player gets to shoot the free throw and the free throw didn't go in so he yells out ball don't lie <laughs> and he got another technical and to me it's like or maybe he just got a foul, on it, but it was whatever. The series yeah. was hilarious, and it became an expression, ball don't lie. Yeah. And I think people – I don't know if people used it before. That was the first time I heard it, and I loved it. So I have that. I have one, the Knicks rookie, Frank Nielakino, who I was talking about. I love him. Uh, he's a lot of nicknames, but uh, there's one that says the French Prince of New York, but it's him with, with the Will Smith you know, uh, fade oh, from yeah. the 90s. <laughs> so I have a T-shirt like that. Nice. It's like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air logo but New York and uh, – and people call them the French person. I love shit like that. That's like almost inside. And but I'm, yeah, I wouldn't say I like collect like oh my god, I need this autograph football. For me, it's more about like the fun of it than the uh, than the collector. Sure. I uh, I worked the Super Bowl back in 1992 mm. when they had it in Minneapolis. Tons of celebrities, of course, like every other year. Like worked, who do you remember? I uh, I saw Chris Farley while I was wow. working that game. Oh man, he was wearing a Saturday Saturday Night Live jacket. 
wide open with no shirt underneath. Oh, no. Like, you wish he was dressed as, like, the Bears guy. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's what you want to see. Not He's uh, That's so crazy to... That's right. Uh, Muhammad yeah. Ali. I walked wow. by in the hallway. and But this is the one I want to get to, is that I was... The game was... Uh, I was leaving out, you know, like, the the same exit that, like, the players go out of and employees, right? The employee yeah. exit. And I look up and fucking Evander Holyfield is five feet in front of me. Yeah. You know, you saw him. He's huge. It's And this is like, you know, 1992 where he was champ, I think, at the time, either just before, I, you know, it was at the height of his career. And God, there was another guy there, another employee that was walking out uh, right next to me. He speaks up before I do. and goes, champ, champ, can I get an autograph? And Holyfield turns around and goes, yeah, sure. And starts uh, just about to sign the autograph. I pull out a program that I got from the Super Bowl from working that day. And I was like, can I get one, too? And he gives the guy's pen back and walks away. Wow. Yeah. Well, maybe it's like he knows it's going to be a scene or something, but that's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I want to fight him as well. You know what's interesting is that a lot of it's circumstance. You know, like I met Spreewell once before and he was not nice to me. And then he came and did my show and I thought it'd be funny to bring up, but I could tell it was a bad idea. Oh, okay. So I didn't do it. And he was so friendly on the show. He couldn't have been more easy, except for the fact that he wouldn't do a sketch. Like I asked... When I have big guests on, they kind of – I used to do a monologue, and I kind of liked doing the monologue because it was me and Anthony just riffing out stuff, and we got pretty good at it. Like, it yeah. started a little slow because they would cut out every joke, and we would just look ridiculous, and it would drive me insane. And then I was just like, all right, I'm just going to do whatever. So we developed this good chemistry, and we kind of figured out how to do it within their insane parameters. And then uh, – that when the season restarts and we come on right after the next game or after the post game, they wanted to not lose viewers. So they thought the best way to do that was to have the celebrity out of the gate. So, the, uh, so I was like, well, I want to do something funny. I don't want it to just start serious like an interview. So let's maybe we'll pitch, you know, a, some sort of sketch for them to do. So, you know, with Holy Foodies, what we did with, we had the actor Skylar Aston on the last episode from pitch perfect. And he was like, so good in the sketch. He made me like, really laugh when i i mean uh he did a whole thing i just like just pretend that you like really don't want to be here i just like feed them the theme and then they tell them to, like improv it but he was like so i said just be on the phone with a friend and be like yeah they said they'll give me two tickets if i do this shitty show you know basically like <laughs> in your own words whatever so he was just on the phone being like yeah i guess if i do it's like some no-name comedian he just like kept kind of hammering me he's like i think his name was like Stu moron and then it, <laughs> and then it pans out and it's me and i'm like it's sam morell so my name is Sam Morell, and he's like, uh huh. This isn't about you. He just, I could tell him, nice. I told him like the 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 joke is really like he just keeps saying horrible shit about me. But then he's like, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about someone else on the phone. And he's such a good actor that like I was like, oh my god. I mean, he like nailed it first take. He's nice. so funny. So, um, I mean, he was like on Lynn Lame is at 15. I mean, he can act. Yeah. So, uh, so that's fun when it works, but then you know, Spree, I kind of asked to do something, and I want Spree to do a whole thing where uh, I just this is a gag I want him to do. He wouldn't do it. Where I was like, "Can you just uh, can you just like be on your phone, and I just keep talking to you, and you just keep ignoring me, like and and like like you just." I thought it would have been easy if I'm just like, hey, man, I'm so happy you're on the show, and you're just like, uh huh, and I would have been like, I see what you're doing. You're holding it in. And you want to save it for the interview. I love it. That's professional. I'm just going to keep doing shit like that and keep annoying him. Yeah. And I thought it would have played well, but he was like, no, I don't. So I'm like being a dick to you. I was like, yeah, but it's fine. And he was just like, yeah, I don't want to do that. And I was like, all right. So then I was like, well, let me not tell the time, the story of the time you were a huge dick to me in a bar in Milwaukee. <laughs> and then he was a way bigger dick to the guy after me. So I got like the best of it. But, you know, the best part is like he was pretty rude to me and I all I said was I'm a huge fan, yeah. like, you know, and whatever. I was wearing a Nick sweatshirt too. I mean, come on. And he was like and we're in Milwaukee, which I'm like, not everyone's just walking into a you know, dive in Milwaukee. Yeah, and, and I was like, Yeah, man, and I was like and he was so rude that I was like just playing any card I could play. I was like, Hey, can you know, maybe I could you know, maybe you could come to the comedy show i'm headlining the club down the block and he was just, i remember he said don't count on it and i was like <laughs> i was like all right that that was the last card i had i was like i guess i'm out of cards so uh i went away and then um i watched someone else kind of go up to him arrogantly who i was with he was like i work for bleacher report i got this and then spree was like really rude to him and i was like thank god oh wow. so it wasn't me and then the bartender from that bar i guess he goes to it all the time she was like 
she came to my show the next night and she said, uh, she's like, yeah, he's surly sometimes. He's actually a pretty good guy, but, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll text him right now, but like the show was awesome. So she texts Spree and she was like, the comedian that you met last night was at his show. He's, uh, he's a big fan of yours. It's a really great show. And Spree wrote back, I met him last night. Great guy. <laughs> I was like, what? What? <laughs> it was such a weird text. But I was also like, I was like, all right, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. But, uh, yeah, you know, better for him, I guess. But you know what? He was definitely, uh, I think he just thought the bartender was hot, probably. So he was nice to her. But, um, he was good on my show, and he gave really good answers. I thought, and I was a little off that that episode. So he he was great. I was not particularly great. And then you didn't bring up the uh, feed my family. Why no, no, I didn't think it's a good thing to bring up. He's heard it all. That's the thing is, like, I've had people walk up to me a lot, like, and they're like, "Did you did you make a joke about? Uh, did you mention? Oh no, this the, the one I get the most like." Did he choke you? Right. And then, and like you know, like they think they really said something insanely witty. I'm like, he hears that every day. Like you got to think like if this is something that defines someone, you got to do it a different. So when I, we did a story about Jimmy Butler not liking uh, Fred Hoiberg, so I said like, Spree, have you ever had a problem with a coach? It's like you do it like that. You yeah, do it yeah, like yeah. you you slip, and he smiled like he got it. He was like <laughs> he was like yeah. He's like he's like no. He's like me never. So he got he was fun in that way. Oh, that's perfect for sure. But he definitely like I was off my game a little that episode, and I think it was because like you know I you know you're just not always on. Mm -hmm. And he was and he gave good answers, and there was some really great moments. And uh, it's it's cool to meet guys that like you know. He was such an insane player. He was such a intense, energetic. You had him for a while. I mean, he was great. Best wolf season ever. It was a really good season, and uh, and that was a fun. Cassell was great. Garnett was Cassell was like the classic veteran point guard who would drop the tray, kind of like a Chauncey Billups kind of. He's who just, also played for the Wolves at one point. Chauncey, very young though. Yeah, he was in the dented can aisle still. He he didn't get the minutes, but <laughs> but then he went to uh, Detroit and yeah, he became he flipped to Detroit. Yeah. yeah, and uh, R.I.P. Flip. That's right. But uh, it, Chauncey's one of my favorite players ever. I love them. He was a really terrific player. Yeah, yeah. He was fun to watch. He was. So, I mean, they called him smooth, right? I mean, good announcer too. He's great. Right now, yeah. He's one, he's one of my favorites. He's a lot of those guys who you'd think would be good. At, like Pierce is fun too. Pierce is. He's a little bit of a. He's got a little Barkley in him, but I mean, yeah. it's a, it's almost in a good way. And I love Jalen Rose too. And uh, they're all fun. They were talking, I was listening to some uh, sports talk radio last night, and they were uh, you know, talking about the big thing out of New York with Eli Manning getting benched. Yeah. And they, what, the host was going, you know, I wouldn't be surprised because these uh, New York guys have, have such a fast track to, uh, like, New he mentioned New York and Dallas players have such a fast track to, like, the, num the A spot on broadcasting, you know, like... Uh, Tony Romo, boom, he's the number one uh, broadcaster. Yeah, but Eli... Uh, Michael Strahan, look at yeah. that. He's a what, Regis and Michael Strahan or whatever it is. It is weird to see a white guy lose a job just because he's not that good anymore. You know? <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, I don't know. He, you know, he's... Uh... But they were also saying he's like the most boring guy, so he pr probably wouldn't work. Uh, well, he hosted SNL, right? He did a pretty oh, good job right. when he hosted SNL. I think he's... Uh... I don't know. He gets called boring all the time because Peyton was a little more charismatic on camera. But I, I, I don't think he's boring. I, I love Eli. I'm, a, I'm a big Eli fan. Okay. I, I think he's been. I think part of the problem with Eli is that his legend is bigger than his talent, <laughs> because he won two Super Bowls against the freaking Patriots, and like he was never like a top five quarterback, but he was just always so damn clutch. Yeah. So, yeah, I think his his legend is greater than his talent. Is the team is terrible. It was an unclassy way to bench him, and uh, you know, I I feel for him. I think it's I think he did the city a lot, and it's a it's a painful way to get uh, to get benched. And I don't like Bob McAdoo and uh, uh, Mac Ben McAdoo, right? right. But I, I, Bob McAdoo is a basketball player. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but uh, I have no problem with Bob McAdoo. <laughs> but uh, Ben McAdoo, you know, I I don't get. I got to be honest, you know, I'm a Giants fan, but I thought they did Coughlin wrong. I thought they did Eli wrong. And, and you know, it hurts as a fan when, when you feel like they don't give the head coach a proper send-off. And I thought Coughlin, whatever you thought of him, he adapted who he was uh, to be a great coach. And I felt the same way about what the Yankees did to Joe Torre. It was like, 
how dare you ask him to take a pay cut? Yeah. It's so disrespectful, you know, and I know they're making a ton of money, but it's not about the money. It's about treating someone with uh, respect who's treated your organization with a lot of respect and raised the bar of your organization. And, yeah, they had to leave it for Philip Rivers <clears> to point that out yesterday. Well, you know, they're in the same draft class, right? And, and a lot of people forget that Eli was supposed to go to the Chargers, and he said, no way. Hell no. So, uh, but, you know, Eli has always been uh, he's always been a really clutch player and he's always been a class act like they he's never said a negative thing ever I mean I remember when Tiki Barber who I've had on my show Tiki said some shit about Eli oh really yeah he didn't call him we called him not a winner and stuff Eli never fired back he just kind of played and I kind of admire I mean there was a lot of comparisons to maybe someone like Derek Jeter who who just kind of played the game and played the right way, and and New Yorkers really loved him for it. So it's it, I'm upset by it. I'm not going to watch. My friend invited me to the game in a couple of weeks, and I don't want to see Geno Smith. Nobody be the does. quarterback, and Unless it's not you're a family member. You don't want to. No one wants to see Geno Smith. I just you know like, and it's no disrespect to Geno Smith. Even it's like I want Eli to be the quarterback right now, yeah. and I think when maybe next year. If that's how it goes, but I think midseason it's not the right move. I don't think it's, a, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Geno Smith will be like the best, but I, I don't see it. I think if you're going to bench him for like a first overall pick who you're trying to groom, that's one thing. Makes more sense. But like, look at the Packers sucked with far forever with Rodgers on the bench. It's just kind of like what you do. It's like you, I don't. It doesn't feel good. It's nice to hear you say Packers suck in Minnesota. I you, know you guys hate it. Popularity will will rise very but rapidly. I, I yeah, it really kind of rubbed me wrong, and I thought about it for a while, and I liked uh, Carl Banks wrote something on Twitter which I liked, where he was just like, "This guy gave everything. He never complained. He got sacked. He has no O line all day." And it's like, and this is how you do him. I don't know. I think the fact that all the pros have spoken out on behalf of Eli, yeah, I think it says cool. it says a lot, mm -hmm. and I think it, and it's, uh, no matter what his legacy is or whatever the future holds, I you know I'm I'll always be a big fan. I mean, I, I have his jersey at home. My sister got it for me when they drafted him. We just believed in him for some oh, wow. reason. Yeah, I, I I don't know why. I know he was bad for the first couple of years, but there was something about him that like felt. Uh, like he was going to be great. So, you know, and his you legacy. Called it. That's what you're saying. You called I, my sister called it. She got me the jersey. So we were like, and she what was, is your sister saying about Geno Smith right now? <laughs> she, my sister's a Plaxico jersey. So apparently it wasn't all good luck. <laughs> uh, her guy, it didn't end as well. But no. but he was, I loved Plaxico. I mean, he was like one of the best ever. Yeah. I had a Monty Tumor on my show and he was like the coolest. I loved him. Like, what a good dude. So, uh, he was another one of my favorites ever, and, and I. Do you have any, any uh, part of the booking of these guests for that? No, show? I don't do it. I sometimes comics I'd help to get on, but then there's some things where they bumped a friend of mine. I was like, I don't want to be involved in it anymore because I don't want to make a call that a friend of mine gets bumped. So let's talk about something that you are more in control in your kick-ass podcast. That you oh, thanks, man. Yeah, keeping Joe. It's fun, yeah. It's yeah. you know, it's week to week. Some weeks are better than others. We're still finding our footing a little bit, but I think it's getting good. I think we've had some good guests on lately. You know, uh, we did a live one, which was weird because the crowd was not great. How, how did you schedule that? What we did it for the New York Comedy Festival. The festival asked us to do it, and we were like, I don't know if we're ready. We haven't really done it. It's like you know, it's different than stand up. We're just talking. So you know, Phil Hanley was kind of pushing me to do it, and I was like, all right, well, let's book guests just so we have a cushion. So we got. Uh, I was just on a cruise with Rich Voss for the Impractical Joker, so we got Voss on. And we told told stories about that, and then we had Colin Quinn come in, who's like, "Oh, wait, Colin's just the best guy, yeah. and the funniest guy." And uh, you had some. I mean, we did an episode recently with Jeff Ross that I thought was really interesting, and uh, John Door was on, and he I was just great starting too. to listen to that one on the way over here. Yeah, Jeff has amazing stories from the roast. I mean, he's he told a story about like. Milton Burl like hazing him and you're like holy shit oh, wow like you know yeah, like some to that one, man. tell stories about or you know performing in Iraq Jeff's Jeff's got great stories and he was I think he had a lot of fun on it and you know there's some recurring guests we've had on like Artie Lang's been on a few times and uh there's a lot of good episodes Phil, your buddy Phil has been uh on this podcast I think three times now wow yeah holy shit love him yeah how, how far do you guys go back Phil moved to New York uh, 
I want to say like six or seven years ago or something. And, and we ended up living across the street from each other in Brooklyn. And uh, Phil, Mark Norman, and I would just get coffee all the time. So uh, we would bounce bits sometimes. We would just kind of hang out. Uh, Phil's a real elitist coffee snob. So he would he would want to go to this little place in Williamsburg all the time that has like really good lattes. Oh, no, it's like an Americano. And... Uh, and I was like, you fucking pussy. But then I had it. I was like, it was really good. And then I was like, I guess, <laughs> I guess I'm I one guess. too. I guess I'll do it. You ever tease him about be, being a male model? Yeah, but it's a weird thing to tease. It's like, it's like he loves to. He's like, he's like, I'm self-deprecating. I talk about being a male model. I'm like, yeah, that's really self-deprecating, Phil. You were a runway model in Milan, you mm, prick. I know. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, we tease him because it's, it's a little, you know, it's not the most masculine thing on the planet. Right. But at the same time, it's like he was good looking enough to be a male model i mean it's kind of amazing so yeah. uh yeah I, it's we tease him about it but it's like i tease him for other shit before i tease him for modeling i'll tease him for being you know for his sensitive stomach that he can only eat like yogurt oh okay you know, know that he's that he uh is shady i tease him for being shady a lot <laughs> i tease him for other stuff oh he's he's so great i um I listened to, I was telling you before we started recording, I listened to your most recent episode. Sure, yeah. That was and, a good episode. Wow. Wasn't that crazy? I don't know. Maybe we don't want to give away the spoilers so people will listen to it. It's, but uh, it's a good episode. It's uh, Pete Lee, who, if, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you obviously know who Pete Lee is. He's been here, you know, he's yeah. done this like, I don't know, six, seven times. This is his home club. This is where he started. Uh, Pete's he's somebody that uh as he talked about on your podcast he cries very easily he's super sensitive he's so and, sensitive and he'll like uh, he'll, what's the saying he'll cut open a vein like just the you know he'll come here and be like the most uh open guest it's crazy yeah i didn't know pete super well we always were like friendly we'd always kind of just see each other be like friendly and passing but then uh we ended up in like an acting class together and uh we definitely bonded through that because we'd both be hung over all the time for class so we'd like you know uh i'd see him go into it like where i'd be like oh shit did he prepare enough for this and then he he's a good actor he's a legitimately good actor so i was like holy shit i was almost like nervous to act in front of him oh, because wow. it's because it's more it's more vulnerable to me than stand-up because stand-up i know i i do it all the time i know yeah. i'm you know in in fighting shape acting i'm like I'm, i don't know what the hell i'm doing and and he was i thought legitimately good and then there was a crazy woman in the class who would just always pick fights with the acting instructor you know so we would have to do a scene in front of the in front of the actor in front of the whole class so it was pretty brutal it was like i mean for someone like me i was like i don't want to be doing but i was like i'll just do it i'll suck it up yeah and she would just it, it would always she'd stop mid-scene and just be like i'm sorry i just you know and, and he'd be like no you can go on and she'd be like you know what and, and and we'd all just be like ah crap it's gonna start <laughs> and he'd be like you didn't really prepare this week and she'd be like you know i, I had a lot on my pl and, and it would just turn into a whole thing about she was like a narcissist mm -hmm. so it would just turn into something about her life and we'd just always be like ah fuck this is bad <laughs> not again so we were just like pete and i would just do impressions of her like nice. after class and stuff and then uh and we ended that'll up being help, that'll get people to bond for sure. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, then this on this podcast, I mean, I didn't talk to – we'd never guess. We don't book guests till last minute a lot because we're just all unorganized. It's hard enough to get the four of us together. I was going to ask you about that. It's got to be difficult. Me, Mackie, Liz, the comedy seller manager, Joe Mackie, the comedian, and then uh, Phil Hanley. And it's really hard. We're all terrible at it. And Mackie is hard enough to get anywhere. Okay. He's just kind of like, he's, he's an odd character if you've heard podcast. <laughs> well, uh, he's my oldest friend in comedy. We're super close, you know, but uh, we have kind of a feud. We have kind of like a rivalry. It's, it's a joke, obviously, but, uh, you know, and then there's Phil. Her, so we're at the cellar in New York, the comedy cellar. So we get people on. Uh, sometimes Phil was just like Nikki and Pete Lee are coming on. I was like, oh great! I like I just found out when I got there. Like, I don't I don't know. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, it ended up being one of my favorite episodes. It was so good. And uh, Nikki, Nikki's always so damn open. It's like it's pretty crazy. And I guess Pete was like, I guess I'm going along for this ride. And mm -hmm. then he was super open too. And 
Yeah, Nikki just doesn't give a shit. I mean, she just, uh, I mean, on her Comedy Central show, she would do like, she did like that lie detector thing with her parents. I mean, she just, you know, uh-huh. well, she'd ask them questions about sex and about her. And I was like, I mean, that's not something I would ever care to do. Uh-uh, no. So, yeah, she's definitely comfortable with a lot of stuff. And uh, it made for an amazing episode. You just got to listen to it. Yeah, Keeping Joe's most recent episode. It's uh, the, the, I'll just say that it turns out that uh, Pete and Nikki uh, Glazer know each other. They knew each other before uh, that night. Yeah, and uh, it was pretty. It's a pretty intense story, and it's, it's at so the good. end, and it's it's worth the wait. You're like, gonna like sure. it. I think uh, I hope a lot of people listen to it because you know, uh, the numbers go up and down with these podcasts. So I don't know if we're doing something good, but I feel like certain <laughs> episodes I know we're doing something good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one was like this was definitely good. You've done some other podcasts of your own before. I that, did right? Moonlighting for a while, and then uh, I did one called We Know Nothing. But uh, was that with Phil as well? That was with Phil and Anya Marina. Who's yeah, I thought a, so. Anya's a really good singer. Um, that was their thing. I just kind of came on, and then I kind of wanted to do something more. Like I, I don't like doing podcasts that much. I mean, like I don't like dislike it, but I just, you know, I'm. I like to write jokes. I like to kind of like. I don't like to share too much. I like to kind of have some. You know what I mean? Like, I like to decide what I'm going to share, and I can't control what the fuck I'm saying when I'm talking this fast. So, <laughs> I don't love doing it, but then... We'll uh, send this to you before we post it. I'm not going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dumb, too. It's too much. It's too much. But, I, you know, I uh, I don't listen to my own podcast. I don't think I've ever listened to an episode. But, uh, yeah, I just think... It, it was a time where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore, and then Phil, like, really you know, really pushed me. And he was like, Mackie will do it. And Mackie's so hard to get to do anything. I was like, well, geez, Mackie's going to do it. <laughs> and then uh, I was like, all right. And then I was like, well, if we do, we got to have Liz, the comedy seller manager there. Cause she's like, set the comedy seller is a special place where it's, it's so many people drop in there. I mean, it's, I mean, in the last episode, one of the stories is on Thanksgiving night, Phil gets bumped by Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. And then Chappelle takes the entire crowd to a party at a hotel bar. So Phil does not only get bumped, Chappelle steals the crowd. The crowd. It's kind of a dick move, to be <laughs> honest. But uh, he is Dave Chappelle, so you kind of just got to take it. And it's an amazing story, which is like it's worth the bumping to tell that story. I guess. Yeah, for sure. But that's the seller. It's like you could, you could see five of the best up-and-coming comics. You could see... A, a legend on any given night, yep. you know. So it's it's I've kind been there of amazing. Once. Colin Quinn was there that night. Quinn is one of the greatest comics ever. I think I really do. I I think Quinn is like I think New York stories one of the most amazing things ever. I love that. Spe- I've seen it like three times. Yeah, it's really so good. good. Speaking of specials, yeah, you got something lined up. Yeah, I'm shooting a special in uh, in Brooklyn on December 11th. So uh, for Comedy Central, it's going to be an hour. I did nice. an hour for them, a, a half hour for them, a couple of years ago, and I think uh, I think it's pretty good. I'm gonna be running it this week, so this is my last weekend before that. So wow! I hope these crowds are not pussies <laughs> or bad or anything. No, I hope they're good. Yeah, I feel I feel good about it. I think it's gonna be a good hour, and there's a couple bits that I'm I'm happy that I'm retiring, and there's a some there's a few that yeah. are newer, and I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss some of them, but uh, they're like kids. You gotta get rid of them. That analogy doesn't make sense. <laughs> you got to get rid of your kids at some point. I could have said send them off to college, but I said get rid of them, which didn't even make sense. <laughs> I'm rid of you. <laughs> Why Brooklyn? Uh, I wanted to do in Manhattan, but uh, I looked at the venues in Manhattan just didn't really work. Uh, and we found one in Brooklyn that I really liked. And aesthetically, uh, the, what the designer did, I really, really liked. It looks very New York. He made like a fake backdrop that looks like city buildings, and it looks not tacky. It looks really, I think, tasteful and cool. And uh, Amy Schumer's producing it, and she's been kind of a part of that. And nice. she's uh, been really supportive and awesome to work with. She's down for. Uh, she's down for making this what I want to make it and uh and she's just guided me you know she's done a few of these and she's she's supportive and she you know has gone through the jokes with me and she I think she's excited to do it too 
Very I cool. mean, she's got other shit in her play. She's in a Steve Martin play, but I feel like this is the <laughs> I feel like this is the bright spot of her week. It's my uh... Steve who? What's this now? <laughs> Some banjo guy? I don't know what he does. But... Oh yeah, those are popular now. <laughs> <laughs> I like when Howard Stern went on uh, Letterman, and he was just like, "Why is this guy playing the fucking banjo? No one wants to see him play the banjo. What is he doing? He's making us listen to this." And, I was just... and Letterman, you could tell, like didn't want to get involved, but Stern just doesn't give a shit. I'll just. You know. I love Stern. Have you ever done his show? No, I've never done it. Oh. Um, no, never, never done it. He's so good. I wonder, I, um, one of the things I do when I'm prepping for this podcast, like I said, I've done it five years and your name came up on something a few years ago that I found. I don't know if I ever used it on the podcast, but I'm curious what kind of, uh, reaction you got to it. It was a list you put together of the different types of comics. It was you and Sean. Donnelly, oh yeah, sure. The different yeah. comics in New York city. I think most people liked it. I heard someone was. I heard a few people were mad about it. Um, the people were there guys or comics? I should say most comics. Yeah, I'm sure some of them did. But we, I think their annoying thing was that we didn't shit in ourselves enough. But I mean, I think we fall under those some of those categories. I think we were just kind of having fun with it. We met this interviewer who was really, you know, he got it. We just kind of were ranting, and he would take his favorite parts and. uh we were kind of bitching about all the types of comics you see in New York and you see, you know, you, the good, the bad. There's like Sean was talking about like the hobby comic, the one who's like never going to take it seriously. But they're like they're like a dad and they got to get out their rage somehow, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or then there's like we call the the uh, the preachy hacks, the Bill Hacks, like Bill, Bill Hicks. Hicks. But like, you know, the the guys who like they think they're like saying the deepest shit, darkest shit. But it's just it's just boring bullshit you know and it's not funny enough there's a lot of that right now there's a lot of virtue signaling out there right now and and you're like hey you guys remember we're comedians right you know what i mean it's like there's a lot of those like uh people that really love the sound of like hearing what good person they are instead of telling a fucking joke i'd rather watch someone i find unlikable be funny than someone who is like a good person and bore the shit out of me (laughs) i fucking hate it I really hate it. I'm sorry if I'm getting worked up here, but like, there's nothing more it. boring to me than like when I see these people on Twitter being like, what this person did is despicable. And you're like, yeah, say something fucking original or witty. Isn't that why we got in this? Or do you just want to be another, do you want to just be part of the noise? Whistleblower. Yeah, yeah. It's like, there's a, there's a lot of town criers now town criers. and not a lot yeah. of town doers. And, uh, I'm in this to be funny. I want to be funny. I want to make good shit. And there's a lot of people that don't care about that at all, it seems. And there's a lot of people that just are just fucking boring. Like, put a punchline in there. Jesus Christ. But, uh, so Remember the, that was the most basic thing of comedy? A punchline? It's like, well, now they have flowery names for it. It's like, I'm a storyteller. And you're like, well, yeah, com- they were comics who were storytellers. They put jokes in there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> are you doing a podcast on stage? <laughs> and then there's like the MTV2 hacks we made fun of, like those like guy code people who were there's like. There's got to be some people that took that one personally. Yeah, I'm sure. They were, yeah. But they must know on some level. You know what, though? Look, I mean, those guys eat my dick. And here's why. You you got a huge amount of fans on some bullshit show, and and like you, most of them are shit comics. So my thing is, there's a few exceptions. Obviously, there's some really funny ones, but like most of them, I'm like not my cup of tea, whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's it's not just that show; it's like those types of people. Yeah, and they get a bump, and then there's a lot of comics who who are doing it the right way. Who who it's going to take them a lot longer, and. That's fine. Don't turn down work. Like, do the show. But, like, there was, like, an arrogance to, like, some of those people that bothered me. And, like, if you're going to be – if you're going to get that bump, know that you got a fortunate bump and don't buy all the hype, you know? So that's part of my issue with it. And a lot of them just aren't putting in the work as stand-ups. Like, they're they're doing other bullshit. And I never really liked – that type of comics. We got that. Then we had like the, the black guy in Brooklyn who's who's like really capitalizing the white guilt. Although Seaton Smith saw me and he's like, dude, I do that I do that shit a lot. And we were like so like a lot of people had a sense of humor about it. Yeah. But I think some people and then we had like the uh the like the lesbian who like all she talks about is being, being a, lesbian. a lesbian. And there's like, look, that works for like everything. That's like, there's like a black guy who does it, there's like a gay guy who does that, there's a, you know, a Muslim comic who does that. It's like Yeah. That's great that that's a part of your act, and it should be. It's a part of who you are. But if that's all who you are, I'm bored out of my fucking mind. How about the uh, talking in my parents' voice? 
oh god is there anything worse it's like <laughs> it's funny for like a joke or two but then you're like this is it yeah this is all 45 minutes is like you know i might even do the voice it's probably gonna come out racist <laughs> but uh <laughs> you know and i'm not so we but, all hear it we all you, hear it yeah, you know what i'm doing but uh yeah, there's just so many of those types of people. And then, of course, there's, like, the one-liner deadpan. Like, I have a hint of the deadpan, probably, that can be, like, monotone and maybe bore people sometimes, for sure. But, like, I, I work hard to, you know, try to engage because I am a club comic, so yeah. I'm, I'm not, you know. There's those old people that they're just, like, I don't – sometimes you go into the Brooklyn rooms and you're, like, this is not good and you don't know it's not good because the industry only hangs here and they love you for some – there's, like, that industry darling who you're, like, this person has no fucking chops, but they're in every showcase for some reason. They're on – they're getting a ton of this. They're getting a ton of heat and you're, like, this person doesn't have seven minutes, but for some – but they're, like, oh, this guy's up for SNL and you're, like, what? Yeah. So there's, there's that. I mean, look, we're calling out not really just the comics, but the way the business works, too. And I think that's what some people are missing is like they pivot you into these, you know, these little holes. And uh, we're just calling it how we see the scene and we're and we're in it every night. So I think we have some idea. Obviously, like there are people that are going to hate our comedy, but this we're we're talking from our perspective, yeah. not there. Yeah. So. Oh, oh, Sean and I maybe a little more snobby than the average comedy person? Yeah, we <laughs> fucking do it. Of course we're a little snobby. We love it. You if, if, you, if you love something, I mean, if you're a filmmaker, aren't you going to care about your taste in movies? If you're an athlete, aren't you right. going to like tell you what – I mean, whatever you do, you take some pride in it. We take – we love it. So, yeah, we – this guy asked us to do it, and I'm trying to think of the other ones we hit. I mean – I, gotta tell I wrote you that, a few of them down. Uh, yeah, the, you just said the one-liner, the Andy Kaufman. Oh, the Andy the Kaufman. anti-comedy comic. Oh, God, that's one of my least favorites. Yeah, I see that in L.A. a lot. They're like, they'll go on stage at like Nerd Melt, and they're like, <laughs> they do like a fart noise, and it like kills, and you're like, you're like, so you're making fun of that guy, or you're that guy, I can't tell. Right. And then it's the person who's like, what if I came out and I did this? And I'm like, well, you're doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, what if I just did this? And you're like, so you're making fun of this, but you can't write one fucking joke. There's almost more, I almost have more respect for like the seasoned road hack because, mm -hmm. you know, who's saying like the same ideas. Cause at least that guy has some like, you know, some balls to put like, maybe they're not, if, you know, look, if they're like done ideas, obviously, but if like at least, if you're doing something that's at least personal and real, at least there's some vulnerability to that road act as opposed to, the the like bullshit flowery nothing there cloud comedian you yeah. know so there's a couple uh i'm gonna check the time here oh yeah we should cut this off pretty quick pretty soon i'll let you go here there's a couple of your tweets i want to ask you about okay that uh oh I... no 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 this is good what am i up for the daily show or something we're going through tweets <laughs> it's uh i want more thought i want you to expand on this one this okay is your tweet. if you've ever drunkenly come up to me Come up to a comedian after a show and said, we were the ones helping you. You were not helpful. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's – it's usually a heckler. It's usually someone who's like – I answered your question. I was helping, yeah. It's like, it's like, hey, you, uh, you ever do this? Like, I'd like to set up a joke. I'll say, hey, ever do this? And someone will be like, no. And I'm like, all right, well, that's not helpful. You know, it's rhetorical, you fucking idiot. Right. So it's like that person who uh, comes up to you after a show and they're always like – there's always a sense of entitlement to that person, so mm -hmm. I guess that's what that tweet meant. Yeah, <laughs> this is like inside the actor's studio, dec deciphering tweets. What's at the your end. favorite word to tweet? <laughs> um, there's the other one. I'm at an age. This is your tweet. I'm at an age now when I play NBA 2K18. I just want to make front office moves. <laughs> oh sure, yeah. <laughs> Do you actually play uh, video games? Uh, a little bit. I mean, when I, like sometimes at the end of the night when I need it, when I'm like a little too like hyped up in my mind, I want to just like shut it off but uh yeah i do i love that i love <laughs> i love the uh yeah it's like when you're young you want to like you dream of like dunking or like maybe you know playing but then you get older you're like i just want to like i just want to rebuild the next <laughs> you know i just want to rebuild the franchise restore some glory so uh yeah i i mean that's a line i ended up using in a monologue i think on my show oh okay and uh yeah that was definitely that was a fun one. I saw jo Joel, Joel MB play the other day on TV. And I was like, oh, yeah, that guy's on my on my team on my video game. He's so good. Yeah. I he's love really him. good on there. And he seems fun. He seems like a good dude. 
he seems like he'd be like a, a good hang. He seems like a pretty uh, funny dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there uh, anything else we should be mentioning? I don't know. I, don't know. I think you got it all. We we hit everything. I think you did. Let me see here. Yep, I think we got it all. You mentioned uh, acting. How how much interest do you have in acting? I'll be honest. I really only have interest in acting in shit that I make. <laughs> you know, like okay. so. I'm gonna make my own show at some point, and we'll see what happens with it. But uh, I want to play me. But other than, I mean, I want to act the way like gary shanling acted you know like in my voice i don't want to be like a real actor i want to be what i i want to yeah, do what i do he was always gary shanling yeah yeah you're right i have a lot of respect for him he's one of my faves oh yeah he was great he was great uh well i don't know i think we can put a put a bow on this one fun man yeah i hope i wasn't too rambly it's my fault if you were. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. That's a uh, yes. People uh, need to come out and see your shows this weekend if yeah. they can still find tickets. Cool. Yeah. Um, I hope. I mean, I hope it's all sold out. I, that would be great. Um, I think it's going to be a good weekend. So I hope people check it out. Hell yeah! Have fun, man. Thank you.